You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Hardcore podcast. I'm Patrick. I'm Bob. I'm Tom. And joining us today, a very special guest. Oh, this is where you say your name. Oh, I was supposed to say my name now. Okay. <laughs> I'm Michael Thorne. Hey, Mike. How you doing, buddy? Good, man. How are you? Good. Thank you for joining us. Yes, uh, thank you. Uh, Mike is one of my favorite people I've messaged, uh, with the show about, um, who I've never spoken to in real life. So this is nice. Um, and I'm excited to have you. We got some, we got some real meat on the bone here today, guys. Before we do that, let's say thank you to our gracious sponsors and benefactors, uh, to live a lie. Coconut water. Run for cover records. Uh, watermelon water. Mm, that's a weird one. Convulse Records. Uh, macadamia Milk. How's that? It's all right. I prefer oat. Mm, it's not fair. And last but obviously not least, Close Casket Activities. Monster Energy. Yeah, we got a guest today, so we're not going to spend a ton of time on the ads. But I do want to say, Run For Cover Records, runforcoverrecords.com. Go pre-order that Narrowhead Mama Split 7-inch. Uh Go to Close Casket Activities, pre-order the Zabalba Astlen. I hope I said that right. Uh, LP, 12-inch LP, uh, 12-inch. We'll say this is 12-inch EP. Four songs, I think, qualifies as that. It looks really cool. We'll talk about it more later. CloseCasketActivities.com. And obviously, go to our bros at Convulse Records, ConvulseRecords.com, to live a lie, to live a lie.com. Get something. I got a cool Convulse Records hat on right now. Everybody, guys, how you doing? How you feeling? Fantastic. Tom, I'm good. I'm just I'm I'm worried about my all of a sudden this is the first time I've gotten my, your internet is unstable for the first time. Oh no. I moved. Oh, no. You froze up, Bob, when you were doing at the Zabalba. It must so have been if, my if, terrible pronunciation. It's okay. Aslan or whatever. Yeah, it's Oh, did you you did it better than me? All right. You know, I might have taken Spanish in high school. No big deal. Mm. Yeah, I went to California uh, University, which means four years of college level, and I, that was the best I could muster. I was in college too, and I couldn't remember a goddamn thing. Michael, how you doing? I, I hope uh, I hope our timing today was a good time for you to join us. No, it's totally great. Um, I could have not pronounced that band's name, and I took Spanish a lot too. So, <laughs> well, so I looked at that band's name and tried to figure it out. So. Oh man, you know what? That's a good point. This is it's like the uh the time before you could hear people say names, band names, and yes. you'd inevitably have the friend who would miss I mean, um like Fugazi. I definitely Fugazi. had friends right, and I had friends I'm in New Jersey. I had friends who refu- referred to them as Fugazi, you know what I mean? <laughs> but that's and, how it's used in like everyday parlance now though. Yes. That's how that's how they say it, you know what I mean? So mm-hmm. Um, I've also oh. had people that would call the band a souk, and I'm like, I'm oh, pretty yeah. sure it's yeah. a yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, uh, and infest uh, b- instead of infest. Well, 
uh, listen, the, the, uh, putting the, uh, the emphasis uh, on the wrong syllable. Yeah. 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 That's a common phenomenon. But Bob checked me the other week about LARM, which apparently I've, I've been saying incorrectly for the last two decades. Uh, what is the pronounce correct pronunciation of LARM? Lamb, isn't it? It's supposed to be lamb, isn't it? It's like so. lamb. I've been yeah, saying, exactly. I've been saying LARM it's for lamb. 20 yeah, years. It's like, it's like, look, it almost feels offensive to be trying to do it, but it's lamb. Like you've got to roll the R too. You're supposed oh, to. Oh no. Okay. Yeah, so I'm listen, if I'm in the ballpark, LARM, I, I LARM, is, LARM is fine. LARM is like, right. uh, I'm the trying arm. to think. LARM is okay. It's, it's not bad. It's uh, and by the way, that this is how you can tell we're getting senile. That conversation was so long ago, my friend. Oh shit. Like, like no. a year maybe. Um, no, Mike, Mike is uh, joining us. He has, done one of the best fanzines for a long minute now razor blades and aspirin thank you for letting us be a part of it and advertise early on um and oh, maybe even more importantly a very very cool fanzine everybody should check it out um has also uh man done a lot of things ran mrr for a while uh was in the band kill the man who questions also originates from ohio am i correct about that? yes that's correct yeah so uh, yeah. a lot of history there so i'm hoping we can get into some of those details we're just treating you like we do most people. We like to have fourth mic, which means you're just one of the hosts. Here we go. Okay. You know, so you feel like you're taking something, take it wherever you want. But what I found the best was we put out a call. Um, maybe even more specifically, Patrick put out a call to people wondering, <clears throat> is there anyone out there? Ring, ring, running, ring. Is there anyone out there who is wondering, listening to, our podcast out there in hardcore who's like, wait, this big business stuff in hardcore sucks. I'm not interested in it. I'm actively bothered because we've spent a lot of time on this podcast looking at it, kind of identifying it, nodding at it and discussing it, but also kind of giving it a shrug. Like, hmm, that's what it is. You know, um, yeah. Pat, is that a good way to frame how we've looked at it and discussed it here? Uh, yeah, I mean, it, I wouldn't argue with people uh, banging me on uh, being pro it. I don't know if that's accurate, but I wouldn't be mad because I've been suggesting since the literal first episode of this podcast that there needs to be more money in hardcore. Which <laughs> which your uh, earliest takes, that's right. That's, that's my earliest take. Uh, so... Uh, I I wouldn't be mad at somebody characterizing me uh, as as pro uh, Scion, uh, you know, uh, Halliburton Festival, whatever, you know. Uh, but I'm glad to have Mike on. Mike, I'm gonna I'm gonna paint you with a really broad brush, and you just correct me where I'm wrong, okay? Okay. Um, so, uh, MRR guy, uh, 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 kill the man who questions uh, th- these credentials. Uh, speak to me that uh, much of the uh, kind of uh, maybe more modern leaning hardcore that we talk about on this podcast is not necessarily your thing. True or false? I mean, I don't know if you, uh, how you define modern modern leaning hardcore. I mean, I guess I think that would be the, the first question. So, like, is have gel you, a, have you gel a modern have leaning you hardcore stage band? Dove to mind force in the calendar year. I am like 50 years old, man. <laughs> <I'm not standing laughs> <anybody>. <laughs> like, so. I mean, so you're talking like the more main street, like 
There's like one of the more there's so much cool stuff that's happening that would probably be more Mike's thing, is what you're saying. Well, so so well, Mike, uh, Mike Mike Ant started answering the question, which I thought was well hit it because you you posed a great comeback there. Is gel would gel fit this definition? Patrick? Yeah, that's my oh, question. Would you, okay, that's a question for me. Um yeah. well I here's we're going to expand on this. Uh, I'm not going to answer a question with a question, but I, I'm going to uh, suggest something here. I saw Jell's Spotify wrap uh, or whatever, like where mm-hmm. they show you how many uh, people listen to Jell. The number is truly absurd, right? Yeah. It, it's it's a very high <clears throat> number. So, uh, for perspective, I thought I was playing much more melodic music than Jell. Jell yeah. has my listens from last year and i i thought i was playing something much more accessible so one of two things either i was lying to myself and what i do is not accessible or we are in a moment where hardcore is becoming easier uh not easier on the ears as in it's changing but ears are adjusting and and that more people are open to that sound than ever before so gel puts you in a weird situation in terms of this question because to me, they are a proper hardcore band, full stop, right? They could play the yeah. basement. Uh, they could play a 500 cap room and kill it. But they are a hardcore band. Uh, but, Mike, in 2023, would you prefer something more alienating than gel? That's like how I would answer this question. Like sonically? Yes. I mean, okay. So there's like there's like two sides of this, right? Because like sonically... What I actually listen to and like is definitely like a blender run through a distortion pedal. That's okay, what I like. Right. Like I like basically things that are just floating above noise level, highly alienating. But to me, that's hardcore sonically, mm-hmm. right? Um, but I mean, I like a lot of stuff that isn't that musically because I also. I've been around a long time. I have broad taste in music, but hardcore is a specific like sonic thing to me that I have opinions about. So, um, so yeah, I mean, from that perspective is, you know, gel is a modern hardcore band to me. Um, I also think my force is a modern hardcore band to me. Uh, you know, but I also think that enzyme is a modern hardcore band to me. They're all hardcore mm. bands. Um, that's my perspective on, on things. Right. Um, they're all fairly abrasive. Like if you, if you put that to my mother, they all sound the same. That's right. Fact, fact. Or if you put them, you put that to my brother, either, even who like loves Southern rock or whatever the fuck he listens to, they all sound the same. Right. Um, but for you and I, there's definite nuances between, between those three bands. I think for me, it's less about what the bands sound like and for me, like hardcore is, is how you do the thing less than what it sounds like. Does that make sense? It's like, you know, rap is what you do. Hip hop's how you live. It's that same kind of vibe. So, so Mike, uh, tell me, I know that these things become blurry or maybe they're not blurry for you, but, but, uh, I I know I, I won't hold you with uh, or I won't try to stump you with examples that that counter what you're saying but could you tell me broadly does that mean no managers does that mean no booking agents does that mean no, no. label does that uh, no. uh, that's the thing is like 
what's funny about this is this. I think um, I, it, it, what comes as a shock to you is I think that I probably agree with you that there should be more money in hardcore just where that money comes from. Because mm-hmm. hardcore is capable mm-hmm. of generating a lot of money. I think that there's a comes a point when you're doing a band or you're doing a project. Um, I think there comes a point where let's, let's, let's be honest. A lot of people in bands are idiots. They're schlubs who don't have yes. certain, they know how to play guitar really well. They know how to play drums, but they don't know how to manage their business. Not everyone can be Ian McKay who somehow has all these gifts of being able to manage his business to be able to, to also play music and et cetera. Right. So having, I don't even have a problem with like managers necessarily. I don't have a problem with like booking agents. Uh, I don't have a problem with any of that stuff kind of really. I think what I have a problem with is bands shooting themselves in the foot. What you actually said last week, I thought was interesting. I, it, it, is that everything's a trade off, right? Is, um, but I think a lot of times bands are more willing to make those trade offs and they don't see that there's a bigger picture that it's disruptive to the underground in general. Um, it's a selfish thing, I think, in some ways. And I think for me, that is where, like, I don't, obviously, people should really do whatever they want, and they should do whatever they want. And I think that at the end of the day, um, you know, like, it's, a, it's, it's, it's not up to me to tell you what to do. I don't think that's, that's, that's a thing. Um, I think people should be able to do what they want and should look themselves in the, as long as they can look at themselves in the mirror and be happy with what they're doing, they should do it. Um, but I do think that our core is a thing. Um, and I use that term in the broadest, uh, range of things, uh, of terminology or scope of things. But I think that, you know, it's, it's been a thing and it's been a thing for 40 some odd years. And there's a reason why it has stayed the thing that it is. And I think that there's always, you know, when bands start making moves that can be disruptive to the underground as a whole, I do think that it's, you can take a pause and go, wait, maybe this isn't such a good thing and there should be a pushback on it. I don't think you should shit on bands, but it's no, like the no, same no. thing. Yeah, go ahead. No, I mean, because I, 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 I like where you're going with it. And I, I think the question becomes <clears throat> multifold because I think you said a lot of good things there. One, I totally agree. I think there's band. Well, we all agree that there's a lot of bands who are stupid and people who are stupid and that's or people who are not stupid, but maybe not equipped to do what happens yeah. when your band grows to a certain point. Right. Totally. And this is where I want to ask the entire room. Mm. Mm, Let me see how I can frame this so it feels okay. On a whole, do you think of managers and booking agents, not just the ones that service punk, hardcore, etc., not just ones that service, quote-unquote, this world, but on a whole, do you think of managers, booking agents, etc., as having predatory tendencies when working with artists? Yes or no? Yes. 100%. Patrick? No. Okay. Mike? They can. Can. I know. Well, so here's the question. Yes or no? Because yes or no, because it's tough. Yeah, I agree. Patrick, you're the only no. And 
I think I know what you're going to say, but I want you to go ahead and go for it. And I'll give what, uh, where, where what I'll give my retort to that. Sure. So uh, they make their money when you make your money. It, it is uh, uh, incumbent upon them to try to make the most money, and it is incumbent upon you to say no when it doesn't suit you. Uh, you also are in a non-binding uh, relationship with these people. Uh, managers can be sticky in the respect that they do uh, in perpetuity own own quote unquote, they, they are getting a piece of some of the things that they put together uh, moving forward. However, uh, booking agents, you can lose it in the middle of a tour. And the sure, only thing sure. that they're collect, the, the only thing that they're collecting is their work for that tour. Uh, yeah. These are people uh, it's, it's at will hire fire over here. You know what I mean? Like it, it, well, and what uh, I'm saying, and, and I'll, I'll go because I think you're, you're, you're not wrong. Nothing you said is incorrect, but where the predatory tendency comes is that the person dealing with these folks, a lot of times in our space, at the very least doesn't go with the assumption that they make money when you make money, they're at will. You can not continue with them at your choice. And there's leanings in this that make me uncomfortable from the world that I come from, from punk, from hardcore music, where I go, oh, if their only goal is to make money, they're using me as a tool for that. That's just the transaction of the relationship. Is that right? Yeah. I mean, listen, it, it, this I'll tell you why this suits me, and I wouldn't expect it to suit necessarily everybody, but uh, listeners of this podcast have probably determined some type of... Uh, uh, "Quote unquote ANCAP or libertarian uh, leaning in me, and that is simply that I think that there's a, a freedom of association. Uh, it, managers and agents are actually the easiest level of music relationship. Labels are actually quite a bit stickier. Labels uh, offend the punk in me more than managers and agents do at all, because uh, you can find yourself in something quite binding. You know what I mean? And and that's that, that's." Something I'm used to now because I love the labels that I've worked with. We got good relationships, et cetera. But the actual relation, the, the nature of that relationship to me causes more um, uh, uh, red flags in my mind than managers and agents who are just, you know, respectfully to both everybody in my life who has that role. Th th those are people that you could fire tomorrow. I fired these people in the past and, yeah. and have good relationships every, with them still. Every, do you think every kid who's in a punk or hardcore band knows that that's how they can interact with their, that they, that it's a, you work for me relationship as opposed to the other, because I see it and I see the language and the way those communications are, are kind of interpreted and see it in a really different space because you're right. That is the way it should be. Yeah. It's not always interacted with in that way. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not saying that's that's not everybody, but I think there's people who get put in this. And then, then this is the part that that offend might be the wrong word, but irk is the right word. Gets me is the idea where <clears throat> I've watched managers, etc. Uh, I've watched managers, etc. Get bands and say, no, no, this is what you have to do. This is what you have to do. X, Y, Z. You have to follow along with this, or you're not going to, this isn't going to work. You got to do this. Oh, that song's not going well. Don't play that song anymore. You know what I mean? That's not a good song. And when I see that kind of interaction where they're start, starting to interact 
with the creativity or trying to put it in and say, no, 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 you have to be this or you're not a success to us. That really gets me. I don't, is that something you've witnessed? Well, not necessarily for yourself. Here's what I'll say. I'll say that the last 10, it's, uh, and Mike might have something to say about this. The, The last 10 years of hardcore to me did not have too many, uh, ex- too much exploitable youth. It was a bunch of 27 year olds playing hardcore music. It's, it's only within the last, I don't know, uh, post pandemic that I've interacted with proper fucking 20 year olds at, at, at playing music. Uh, and you know, so is a 20 year old, uh, uh, naive to business, and even though they're technically an adult, are they uh, more susceptible to to somebody who they think knows better and the bullshit, whatever? Yeah, I'll buy that. Certainly. Be- because you don't know what you don't know. And, and you assume that the person you're talking to knows more. Uh, but I, I, I don't know. I, I think that often managers and agents, though there are some unscrupulous ones that will just try to juice you, there are agents who will just try to make you... <clears throat> Kind of the the uh, the labor horse that is uh, uh, just uh, is kept in a in a struggling. Hey, this guy's ne- this band's never going to break through. Just keep them in support. Keep them whatever. Uh, those situations do exist. There are managers who don't have a long term game for you and are just trying to uh, ride your maybe successful two albums before you, you fucking fall off a cliff. Those things exist, but uh, broadly speaking, I. Uh, when people give you suggestions from those roles, it's because that they're, they're, they're being genuine. Like my agents are not happy with me right now because I want to be in smaller rooms. They're not wrong to want me in bigger rooms. It's just a different vision. And they're, and it's like I say, it's incumbent upon the individual to go, Hey, yeah, no, I hear you, but I got a different vision and I'll keep this short. Because their vision is based on what, when you make money, they make money. Does that energy have a place in hardcore? Mike, I put it out to you. <laughs> I mean, I, 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 uh, I am someone who has a long-term belief in like, you know, that hardcore should be like a network of friends and all that kind of naive shit. But like, I tend to agree. I mean, it's, what's funny is in, in some ways I, I tend to agree with Patrick about like, it is up to the individual to make those choices. But I do think that there are a lot of naive, exploitable 27 year olds who, they've been in bands or they've done bands before and they've never, this situation has never been presented to them before. Right. seems like a good idea and they might get screwed for whatever. On the flip side of this is someone who's done shows, who's book shows, who book shows for years. Like on the flip side of that too, though, is like you have a lot of agents that I think um, are just like, like booking agents that are just shitheads, the people booking shows. Like, like if you, you know, they would come, they would come to you and they'll do the thing of like, you can have X band, but only if you book A, B and C bands first. Right. Even though you've been working with X band for years um, and they're your friends. And then, so it's like dynamic. And I think that's the sort of stuff. And I can be, I'm happy to be called naive about it. um, But like, that's the kind of stuff that for me like I'm happy bands make money. I'm happy bands that shows are fucking ridiculous now. Um, I've been playing this game for a long time. Shit has never been this crazy before. Like, yep. Like I started going to shows in '86. 
it's not never been this crazy. Never, yeah. ever. Like in Richmond right now, it is fucking absolutely unreal. You can do two shows, 400 people. It's a town of a quarter million people. Yeah. Right. Mm. Like the fuck, you know, like that's insane. So there's, it, it's it to me, I think a lot of my pushback on this and all my thoughts on this is I don't think the managers are bad. I don't think booking agents are bad. I, um, some record labels are great. Some are total shitbirds. Um, the thing is, is this is it's, it's more of like, I think there's a broad acceptance of this kind of stuff, mainstream business stuff, you know, let's just take money from whoever who gives a shit that like, like it ruins a thing. Right. And it, and it, it, it could kill a thing. Right. Expand on that. How, how does it start ruining a thing? I think in some ways you start to have where there's a dynamic where bands view themselves as being, you know, it's a rock and roll mindset, right? Like I want to be in a rock band. Cool. Go be in a rock band, but leave hardcore out of it. Um, I think what makes hardcore has always made hardcore special and has always made it interesting to me is that it's a, it is an alternative, like an alternative music scene that is controlled by and produced by the people who are involved in it. Right. And so it becomes a slippery slope where suddenly there's, you know, injections of cash and it's a trade-off though. And it's like, how much are you willing to trade off? Right. It is the thing of, is the manager telling you that you can't play certain songs? Or you don't, you shouldn't play certain songs. Is the booking agent dictating that, you know, such and such band will never come to this town again because the booker doesn't want to book these other bands that aren't going to draw anybody. Um, you know, that kind of stuff. And then it's, a, I think it's, a, it can be a, it's a cautionary tale more than anything. Like, you know, I come from MR world. I come from, kill them out of questions. I come from doing basement shows, but I, I think that it should be that gel comes to town and they play to a thousand people and they should get paid for it. I don't think that scowl should come to town and they play a room here that, that has a 300 cap and they're having to pay. They have to pay like a ridiculous amount of money uh, for like merch cuts, like that right. kind of shit. It's bullshit. Like, and I think that, that I think it's a, for me in some ways, is there's different, I feel like there's different ways of doing things and that, and it's a lack of vision to just slip into these very comfortable roles that have been in existence since like the 1950s. I mean, so uh, I, I, what I, Mike, forgive me. It sounds like what I'm hearing is uh, a promoter who's sick of the bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> like that, that's what no, it sounds I like. I haven't, I haven't, I haven't booked a show in like 15 years, but like, okay. No, uh, no, I, it's so, but that's not, that's what I'm saying. I'm using that no, as no. an example, right? No, I, I think, I think, uh, well, and, and I want to tie that in what you said to from before a thing that you said that I really liked the idea that you're all for the idea of more money, bands Absolutely. making more money, doing more, but where it's coming from right. and it's the idea. Right. If it's coming from the door rather than PBR, then that's a different thing. Yeah. Right. I and mean, PBR, I feel like, is more punk than most. Like, if it's coming from Budweiser or fucking, you know, yeah, or whoever. Cor- I don't corporate care, corporate know, cash, like. you know, Vans tries to be punk as fuck. Fucking Vans, whatever. Who cares? Um, 
what are the things that need to happen for that money to come into hardcore? And are there things that are preventing it? Patrick, I want you in on that. Tom, are, what you know, because we identified like, okay, shows. What does that mean? How how does how do we get more money generated towards bands from hardcore to hardcore kind of thing? Uh, well, venue size is a problem. I think Mike uh, said it without saying it. I think venue size is is a major problem because uh, gel totally exploding right now, playing uh, good sized rooms, right? But in most of the United States, after you get past the two hundred cap, literally, in most of the United States, after you get past the two hundred cap, yeah. You're You're looking all at a live nation. nation. Yeah. You're yeah. Like looking at a live nation venue. Right. And, yeah. and uh, for anybody that th- this is the, and Mike, I don't, I I've, I've only heard, I haven't been communicating with, w- with you uh, like Bob has. So I only know your position uh, f- from what you just explained, but I, I think that uh, this is the, this is the tricky element is that in my view, there's, if gel is a basement band, that can fill a 500 cap. There's just no basement to accommodate that. And we, we kind of have to deal with reality. And I, and I don't think that we, and Mike, this is not what you're suggesting. I'm not, uh, yeah. but I, I, I'm, I'm, I don't think that anyone's idea of hardcore punk can, uh, should be, should be, and, and Mike, not you should be weaponized, uh, to, uh, to keep somebody back. Right. Uh, because it's just the fact that, I mean, gel, what on a label now, but, but up to this point has, has been, uh, more, a little bit more label agnostic and, or, or whatever. And, uh, I think that whatever, whatever growth they've had, whatever popularity they're experiencing, nobody could deny it's organic. Right. So, so we, we can't hold anything back from them when they find themselves I mean, they might be a 750 cap room, not far in the future. And yeah, uh, it is, I don't know where to put them. I think Live Nation is, uh, regrettably, because I have my frustrations there too. Uh, I think it might th- that might be the deal with the devil that you got to make. Well, there's, there's the big question is, are there deals with the devil that are worth making? I mean, you don't know until your soul is burning in hell. <laughs> you know what what I, mean? I, like, I know. What, I know. It's just no, what I it think, is. I think, I mean, the thing is, is this, is, is I think that, I mean, yes, there's, there is the, the real politic about that of you have, if you come to certain towns, you can, and you, and you draw 800 kids, where the fuck are you going to play? Unless it's, it's, you know, whatever, you know, um, I think that there is, you know, there's always my, 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 I think my, my, my thought about that though, is again, is, is I do feel that you can, you can still do shows at VFW halls. You can still do shows at union halls. You can still do shows, you know, for years, you know, the Wilson center was easily a what, like six, 700 cap room. You know, for example, in DC, um, people have yes, done I, I, I know, shows. I, know that from I, pl- I have played a UAW hall in Detroit to three thousand people before. Mm-hmm. Like you can do that kind of stuff, and I think what it is is it's like I think the biggest thing for me is it's like 
in some ways there's a, there's a lack of vision and a lack of of imagination of trying to do things differently and and I get it I, I get what you're saying Patrick and I and I don't bemoan anyone for like playing those kind of spaces and and it's it, there's always those things of like you make decisions and you make compromises and at the end of the day your ethics are your ethics and no one else's business and people shouldn't be telling you to do it but from my standpoint i feel like um disappointment like frustration like those are the kinds of things I, I feel about it right like for me it's like you know there are like why isn't there and i'm talking from a broad philosophical standpoint not in a specific you know um kind of standpoint like it doesn't feel like there's as much effort to try to create this kind of alternative, to try to create different ways of doing things, to try to take control of this stuff back more. You know, Richard was a, a special case. Like you can, you have options here, right? Like you can play, um, you can play like the Canal Club. You can, play, if you're a band that draws three to four hundred people, you can play the Canal Club, and they're very nice people, but they're going to take a cut of your of your merch, and they're going to take a cut of your door. Um, you can play Richmond Music Hall. They're very nice people, but they're going to take a cut of your merch. They're going to cut at your door. You're going to, you could play the warehouse here. It's a DIY space. It probably has a better sound system than those other places. And they take a percentage of the door, but you know, it's going to be a DIY show. Like, I think that there's, and you can put 400 people in each of those rooms, 300 people, something like that. Right. And I agree. Like if you can draw 700 people though, like where would you play here in Richmond? Like that's, I don't know. Right. As, as you scale up, it's, it's the question. It's always the problem, but uh, what you identified is an interesting question because I mean, everyone sitting on this call right now knows this. Everybody on this line knows this been to big DIY venues, DIY spaces. The warehouse didn't just happen. Someone figured this place out. You know, I, I, I think back to some of the places I've seen shows and been like, wait, they do shows here for how long? Oh my God. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Um, and that's where it gets to the creativity. I, as someone who has booked a lot of shows, and my preference has always been the VFW. Always. Like, that's what I came in on. That's what I like. That's what I appreciate. Even the club, the, the small club that is now the mainstay. I think that's the lifeblood of a lot of hardcore right now. For better or worse, that is the mainstay. I don't love, I don't love it. I, I got nothing for it. Like if they all went away, I, I, as an attendee, as an audience, it doesn't matter to me. I'd rather the DIY space, even if it meant there was a downgrade in sound, et cetera, the experience goes up for me. That said, <clears throat> what, what changed? Was there a breaking point? Was there a time where the creativity, you know, that idea, like, it's not like it's not like people booked VFWs in 1984 and then stopped. And, you know, it was like, yo, uh, the VFWs are still being booked, but it seems like they're less so now than they have been in the past. Is that just me or is that something you guys experience as well? I don't even know if it's a creativity thing. I just, I just think the the newer folks Necessity? are not – Well, not even that. I think people have grown up not realizing, like not ever living in a time that that was a thing. Yeah. In well, the, the 90s, predominant thing. Right? Yeah. Like in the 90s, like Kill the Man or like, you know, 
indecision would play the same place as fucking spat or wherever, like whoever, like <clears throat> everyone was DIY at the time. While now that's like its own little kind of hardcore ghetto and everyone else is, you know, gel has broken out. Like gel would have been, I mean, that would have been a basement band for the nineties. They would have been the, the, the they, they would have been the premier basement band. Of course. Sure. But yeah. I mean, I think people now, like if I'm 23 and I grew up, you know, if I came from, wherever whatever music got me into more hardcore that was never a spot that you'd go at like some random you know veterans hall you probably went to go see i mean even even my example is going to show how old i am i'm going to be like taking back sunday or like whatever like there's going to you know i i don't think you've ever seen that come to fruition in your lifetime so you don't know to be like oh i don't need to go to this place like i don't need to have it served to me i can make it myself kind of thing well, I don't know if that's a thing that most people realize that was that that can come to fruit, you know, that you can bring, you can make happen, and on a large scale. So I, I think that that's a hundred percent the truth, but I, I also think that it doesn't, uh, it doesn't zero in on a, another factor, which is it requires some level of not naivete but idealism to engage with these concepts, no matter what, uh, and it's very unlikely that the people who do have a working memory of that, that era and, and that type of uh, ethic are going to uh, put their efforts forward on something like it has to be a 25 year old is what I'm saying. And, and, and the reason for that yeah. is both, I guess you could say they have the energy for it, but it's also, they haven't experienced the heartbreak and this is not to discourage anybody, but running a venue is, the most thankless job a human being could have. And then running a DIY venue where when something is destroyed, you can't call daddy live nation. When, uh, when someone is hurt, uh, you don't have live nations lawyers. Uh, and there is no protections for you. It's a very dangerous gamble. I mean, People from the uh, uh, maybe maybe everybody in this call except for me would remember it. There was a people would talk about venues in Boston where you could put your foot through the floor. Um, th th there's these there's these places that make memories for people. They're an important part of of our culture, but they are dangerous liabilities <laughs> that Absolutely. are anchors around a grown person's neck. And it's I mean, you. It's got to be a 25 year old. Yeah. I mean, I, I think, I mean, they, most DIY venues of note that are classic have been total cesspits of hell, you know, yes. and like, you know, the places I went to, you know, the places I went to as a kid, they didn't have a toilet. There was a hole in the floor um, <laughs> that people just pissed into, you know, like when I saw Gigi Allen, it was pissed on stage, shit on stage, but you also had to go shit in the corner, basically a hole if you had to go, right? So, like, like, honestly, the performance was just like, man, you missed by like seven feet. You couldn't have just walked yeah, over there, just, man. Come on, what are we doing? Over there, it'd have been totally fine. It's just so, the same, man. Come on. So, instead, I had to sit next to you in the car while you had shit in your hair. So, um, but no, I mean, I, I, I think that's the thing is like, but taking the, I think that I, I, I agree that running a venue is a thankless job. It is a job that is, it sucks. And I think that at the same time, I think it's incredibly important to the, you know, to hardcore being perpetuated. 
and, and because like, if it because know. if it just becomes another music genre, then who gives a shit? Right. If this is just another night on the calendar at Club X, then mm. so here here's my thing. When you we were talking about running a venue, running a, a DIYs venue, that could mean you own the space. That could mean you rent it out, or could mean yeah. you're just the dude that they go to to book the VFW hall. Just so you know, yeah. so people right. understand this. This is not. I was trying to think how we can make this sound like we're not, you know, dudes pointing at clouds. You know what I mean? But just to to pull it down a second here, it does not take a rocket scientist to book a hardcore show. It does not take a rocket scientist to book a hardcore show at a DIY venue. It doesn't even take a GED. To, to go book a DIY venue, you just got to be able to go talk to someone for a minute and yeah. show them your money and say, hey, I want to do this. Uh, I guarantee you, uh, anyone within the sound of our voice can, maybe the most remote, you can't, but you could probably put a pin in you and do a 30-mile you know, uh, circle around where you are now and find a hall that is dark most nights that would be happy to take your money. That's just the information on the table. Shows don't just have to happen at clubs. There's reasons they do, but that's not been part of the traditional hardcore. But I, I mean, Mike, do you do you think that's true? Because I, I, I tend to agree with what Tom and Pat said here, where there was there there seems like there was some sort of a, a break in terms think, of that lineage. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think I think that there is a there was a break for that. I mean, I think there is an aspect of in certain cities people had good relationships with clubs and uh, because you knew a guy, your friend worked there and then it started that kind of path. Right. So it was easier for you to book something um, like there were no, there were no obstacles for you to book it there. Right. Like why not just do it there? It's, it's easier. And I totally get it. You, it's a lot less hassle. Uh, you, you've got security guys, You've got like you got a bar. They're gonna, you know, there's some venues that I've I've that I've played and where they're like, well, we just take all the money from the bar, the venue does, and then you get all the door. So it's a great it's a great split in that way, right? Um, and you don't have to pay anybody to do it. And they got a sound system built in. I just think that sometimes I don't know when that split was. I think that I think in some ways there's an aspect of like when people of my, I don't know how old everyone is. I think Tom's about the same age as me, but, um, but like there's, I think there's an aspect of like when it just became more common to book in clubs, I think it becomes more like a place like New York city, like, you know, clubs is the only thing you can do at this point. ABC has gone basically. Like you're not going to be able to find, you know, unless you want to play C squad. Yeah. Anybody wants to book C squad. Just, yeah. Anybody who wants to book C squad. Ralphie boy. Well, R.I.P. Uh, hit me up. <laughs> oh, he's still alive. Up. Is he? Okay. Hey, Ralphie Boy's still alive. Okay. Hit that up Ralphie Boy. Dying? Have you is seen him? Also... No, I haven't seen No, I haven't <laughs> seen him. I thought he was... He's uh, a giant man. It'll take a fucking astro- astro- uh, an asteroid to kill him. C-Squad is looking to book shows, just so people know. So Are they really? I mean, yeah. oh, wow. really? I mean there you go. Okay. But I mean, I think yeah, that's, that's not a joke. It's, like... it's real. They would book shows. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. But I think in other places, you know, we started booking shows, house shows in Columbus when I was living there because it was a garage rock city. I wanted to see hardcore bands. Mm -hmm. Like sometimes those shows sucked and they were unsuccessful. 
And we just moved into a house and that was a thing before we had that house. There was a different house. Like were you, inv- it was, were you involved in Legion of Doom? I was, you played at Legion of Doom. <laughs> I did. But, but um, no, we played to, we played to botch and Dillinger cause they watched us and we watched them back. <laughs> I know. There you go. So, <laughs> so, I mean, that's the thing is like, um, I mean, that show would have drawn, would draw like 15,000 people at this point, but, <laughs> but, um, but you know, you, for me, it's like, you're looking, I want to see hardcore shows. I'm going to find a solution for it. And it doesn't have, and it's like about trying to create that space. And then you try to grow that space from there. Right. Um, I don't know. Uh, where was that? I'm babbling now. I mean, so. We were talking, we were talking, but no, I mean, no, do you no, think no, that no. was done out of necessity? Yeah. Because like the random Columbus nightclub is not going to let you book inept and fucking whatever in, in at yeah. their venue. Yeah. Right. So you had to kind yeah. of be like, all right, we find, you know, Jeff Jock found the fucking abandoned house next to his house and just did shows there. And yeah. we would all play his fucking a living room or play the kitchen or whatever, because that was the only thing that was available. But yeah. now it's like people see money in it. You never yeah. have, you never, you could be a brand new band and never play a fucking VFW hole your entire career. Yeah. Because it's already laid out. Like there, it, there's no necessity. Like yeah. a lot of that stuff was born of necessity. And I'm like, I'm saying, and like, it's not, when was the last time? Was when was the last time you played like a college show? Even remember, like those used to be like a thing. Like I mean, you get some punk co- kid on like the board, and then they'd they'd put together like a punk hardcore show. Yeah, you know, like, uh, they're still they're still out there. Just you got to find them. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I never. Guess you know, who else knows about the college show? Booking agents. They think yeah. like, oh, yo, you're at the college. I'll take that. Even <laughs> you have but, how but, much for this? But What's this? Yeah. Two types of college shows, though. There's the college show where they just kind of let you use the space and the college show uh, where you're using the college's money. Uh, I think the Siena era of yes. uh, Albany was uh, oh, yeah. was the was the former, uh, n- not the latter, though. I could be wrong. Maybe there was some uh, rec budget or something. But, uh, yeah, the college show, uh, so far as I can tell, uh, maybe I'm just not being invited to play them. Uh, there's There's not nearly as many as there used to be. It used to be a lifeline to like a lot of bands that didn't make money. That was like pay for the rest of the week. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What are other spaces, Mike, that big business is getting into hardcore that, uh, that, you know, again, doesn't offend you, but that is sort of, uh, worrisome perhaps. I mean, I think, I mean, for me, it's, it's like a lot of this is just corny to me. Right. <laughs> like, it's just like, I, I think that's the biggest thing. It's just like, um, I mean, we talked about the PBR thing. It's like, I guess you want to do that, but it's just like, great. It's like the beer your dad drinks, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, that kind of shit. Like it's, 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 but I do think that there are, um, you know, I, I think I, you know, you know, like that there's like labels that are popping up now that the people running those labels are people who came out of corporate rock, you know, I mean, look at the, True. I mean, and, and their design and their designs are on, we're going to make these like fake indies like they were in the early nineties. Right. Yep. And I think that's the whole thing. And again, you want to play that game, go play that game, but like leave hardcore out of it. That's my that's my basic take on it. Well, like, I don't bemoan you. Yeah, like 
like do the thing like and go make all the fucking money well like, and, and, and 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 also make your own mistakes go for it like nobody's telling trying to tell you what to do but the hard part is when we've seen some of this stuff play out in the past yeah and that's that's kind of the thing but i still think it's almost it's almost the same way as saying like yo you need the 20 year olds to go book diy venue yo a lot of times they need to see it and feel it people need to feel these mistakes themselves but but what patrick made the point about a bit ago you get on a contract with a record label mm-hmm. that sucks i'm just going to tell you most hardcore labels not all i'd say solid 70% of the labels out there in what I consider hardcore aren't really dealing with the contracts the way that these big labels are. And then when you start to deal with, and look, I'm a dude who put out a lot of hardcore records and also worked at revelation where we signed hardcore bands to contracts. We were, we tried to be cool about it while I was there before I was there. They weren't that cool about it. Um, And then, you know, I, I, so I've seen all different sides of it. Getting out of a contract sucks. Yeah. And all of a sudden you found out this band you're doing, it's it's uh it's you're wed to something you don't want to be wed to. And that's again where I get to these like predatory kind of things. Hardcore's in this moment right now. Mike, I'm so glad. I'm so glad somebody's been going to shows for so long is saying the thing that a lot of people are feeling and seeing. Hardcore's fun. It's cool going to shows and seeing all these people. That's great. It's awesome. However, there's the other shoe that drops is Oh, oh, look over there that people this is this is a form of guitar music that people seem to still care about. Oh, how many yeah. views does that video have? Wait, how many streams is this getting? Hmm. Patrick, give us a, a label nightmare story. Oh, I mean, I haven't not for you. You've uh, had magic relationships with every label. Yeah, I've been before. I've been I've been blessed. Um I mean, obviously the 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 rough one is the rough one is when certain things aren't updated and this is less the case in music now, uh, still the case in, in my other profession. Um, it, when things change, uh, in technology and your contract doesn't account for it. Yeah. Uh, people can think that this doesn't matter because, uh, you know, hardcore music doesn't get crazy streams, but as, as the, uh, gel numbers, as the end it numbers have taught me, uh, everybody should be up on this shit. It doesn't matter if you're a fucking died in the wool hardcore band. You should be mindful uh, of these streams because you never know. Uh, who, who knows? Maybe you just put out a classic and uh, people are going to be listening to it in 20 years and we're going to be listening to it on um, neural implants. And guess what? Your contract doesn't account for neural implants or whatever. So now you're fucked. Um, it, it's uh you know, what you can't account for is scary. What's around the bend. You're signing a contract uh, with an understanding of what's happening today. Neither of you can anticipate what's going to happen tomorrow, but I can guarantee you're going to end up on the short end of it. (laughs) So um, I think that that's a, that's a concern. Uh, This doesn't happen a lot in hardcore. Although Bob, uh, you, I think have seen uh, up close that, uh, Occasionally you can be locked into a contract that you uh, are not being released from without, Hey, you can buy your way off of it. Come on, man. I don't got that money. Well, it looks like you're going to have to put out this record. Uh, or they own your next band. Yeah. Well, okay. So, so a lot of people don't know uh, of a lot and a lot of people don't know about that one. Um, 
I that think there's so ugly. It's that's yeah. gross. Like talk about predatory. Yes. There, the definition of it right there. And that's a job let's just, experience. Let's explain right. real quick because there's going to be people who don't have any idea what we're talking about. Um, so it, it used to be a thing, and I'm sure still is in some circles, that uh, when you signed with the, uh, the label, y- your band was signing, but also, as it turns out, you were signing. And yeah, uh, and these were hardcore labels too, by the way. Yes, uh, not like Warner Brothers only. It was definitely hardcore yeah. labels that did this. Yeah, that's all true. And, and uh, so it would be the case that your band would break up. You'd want to go do something else uh, potentially with a different label. And the old label would see you had a demo and hit you and say, Oh, oh, oh maybe you're confused. Uh, you, you, you have to put the new record out on your old la- the, on the Why didn't label. you send this to us? Yes. Um, I don't know if that happens as much, but it definitely happened uh, quite a bit. And I don't think it happens you- as much, but like, like we said, uh, watch out for those those scowl those you know caped cowls who come back out of the closet doing the same old tricks from thirty years ago. You know what I mean? We're yes. we're not we're not far removed from the three sixty deal conversations going on. Where it's like, oh yeah, we want a cut of your tour merch when you sign with our label. Like it's like what you know? Sure. Uh, so I mean, those there's labels. You should be mindful. It's it's not nothing. You should you should enter it with. Uh, um, kind of a uh, probably a lawyer, really. But um, yeah. you know, listen. Uh, as when Mike is talking about uh, bands seeing the avenue or the way, I don't, I don't mind talking about this because I have a good relationship uh, with Pure Noise, who puts out Drug Church's music. Um, I initially did not want to sign to Pure Noise. Uh, I thought that um, if we stuck to what we were doing. Uh, we would have a position of leverage with any label that we wanted to go to later. Uh, my bandmates are 10 years younger than me and uh, they, th- they did not share that same self-belief. Um, so there may be a generational thing, but it, it was uh, it's worked out in the end. I'm happy with our choice, but you know, talking to the Stearns, right. Uh, uh, it, Explain who the Stearns are. Oh well, okay. Uh, For everyone who's not sitting on this call, explain who Sean Stern is. <laughs> so, so uh, from Youth Brigade, um, the the, the uh, BYO, yeah, BYO, better youth organization. Yeah, okay. Yep. Yeah. Um, the, the, what these was are that? Fellas, these are fellows who who uh, punk rock bowling, uh, uh, classic punks, big label, classic punk label, et cetera, et cetera. Go. I. Uh, had the opportunity to talk to one of those fellows about uh, what drug church should do next. This is prior to the pure noise sign. And so he doesn't mince words. He was like, I think you, you kids are fucking stupid. Uh, anybody who, anybody who signs a contract uh, to give away their music as opposed to licensing it is just deranged. Uh, there's it's, it's just a stupid move and I don't understand why anybody would do it. And my answer back would, would be, because I don't have the leverage right now to do that. I do not have the popularity to do that. And at the moment, his argument struck me as an Ian Mackay argument, which is very good, Ian. Thank you. I'm sure that worked well for Fugazi. Uh, However, (laughs) market forces being dramatically different for most of us not coming out of 
minor threat uh, with a label, uh, with a successful label uh, that we run, uh, most of us are in a different position. Uh, so your solutions are are, are uh, not applicable. However, uh, you know, looking back with some clarity, I you know I, I think Mr. Stern was correct. Uh, I think that uh, license whenever you can. Uh, it's just it is it requires an intense amount of self belief, and you'd have to get relatively big before you could accomplish the things in that world that you wanted to. Like you'd uh, and. We should just also give the other side of this. There is a band that we all think is great. Mike, I'm not speaking for you. There's a a band that we think is great, who is hamstrung. uh, I'll say it. Uh, Maybe they would frame it differently because of their total refusal to work with agents and work uh, with managers. They uh, are in a style of, of aggressive music that, uh, it is likable and has some popularity and they have some success, but from an outsider's perspective, as somebody who enjoys the band and observes that world a little bit twice as big, if, if they just did the thing. So that's a choice. That's I, a choice. I, you know, <laughs> and as Mike said, it's not for us to decide what your choices are, but, uh, I'm looking at it the other way because because Mike's saying, "Hey, listen, I'm not judging your choices, but uh, here here's what I think is 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 dope about hardcore music." I'm looking at these at these kids and going, "Hey, I'm not judging your choices. I think it's dope that you that you love hardcore music, but it, it's also frankly annoying to uh, not ex- to experience less because <clears throat> you, you were uh, you you were married to in my view, a um, dated and erroneous idea of of what punk is, right? And I should say this band that we're this band that I'm talking about that I think the other two fellows probably have an inclination of who I'm talking about. Uh, they're more on the control freak uh, so, sort of end of things than than the punker than youth end of things for sure. It's more just about they want oversight over what they're doing, but. I think that's mistaken too. I think it's a. I, I frankly, I just think it's annoying to to not uh, accomplish as much as you could because uh, you couldn't uh, unclench or, or or and I mean unclench in the respect that you couldn't uh, be a little less punk or you uh, didn't need to be anal. You could be a little less anal retentive about your your, your business and uh, take on trusted partners. So. That shit's annoying to watch, and it would annoy me if I was in the band. But it's not your band. That's correct. That's correct. So it, who it, gives it, a shit? And, and uh, <laughs> like, who gives a shit? Like, I mean, it's not your band. You find it annoying, and sure, you you have this vision that they could. I don't know who you're talking about. That they could be bigger because they just made certain choices. But like at the end of the day, it's it's it's, it's their decisions. And I think that's that's the thing. I don't, um, you know, like, and it's it's and it's easy to make comment. You know, I, I do agree with Stern that you should license stuff if you're going to make those choices and all that kind of stuff. But like, and it's just like, but Ian, SST, Discord, all that kind of shit. It didn't start from that position. They were doing the thing because they wanted the control over the thing. Um. 
And I think that I don't think there's anything necessarily wrong with that. And you can find it annoying. That's totally fine. But it's like, again, it's like, that's, you know, you can be irritated with them, but. Mike, do you you read comics at all? No. Okay. So I'll make this really brief then. Um, There's, uh, there's a a creator owned uh, sort of uh, uh, wing of, of comics, right? Uh, even comics sold in comic stores, like the direct market, we're not talking about things that are uh, super small. Uh, there's a creator owned uh, end of things where some people do not want to give up any piece of their intellectual property to a publisher for any reason. They want to hang on to all of it. And uh, for some people, for some of us, that works out fine and that's awesome. And, and, and it's, but then there's other people who they don't have any of the, uh, mechanisms to to do anything with that property, right? Like, so a lot of people are hanging on to their property, intellectual property, because th- they're concerned that it'll be exploited to television or film in a way that they that, that they're not going to be getting the most money. They're not going to be, but, but they're going to be exploited. But then it turns out they don't have any of the mechanisms to bring something to television anyway. So you're getting a hundred percent of no sale, right? You're getting a hundred percent of zero. And there's you're you're correct that that's some people's orientation and their choice and, and it's fine to make but the uh what i've found in my experience is musicians and it's not a value judgment by the way musicians not just band guys but musicians often feel some frustration later at what they fit what they could have done different band guys can kind of live with it either way Band guys along for the ride, you know what I mean? And Tom and I have both been band guys, but it it is, there's another sort of dude who, when they look back on their time in music, their first question is, why the fuck is my time over? And and their next question is, why did I hold myself back from, from doing something uh, maybe more exceptional in whatever way. Now, if Mike, without putting too many words in your mouth, if your response is, but you did do something exceptional, you did it your way, you did exactly what you wanted to do. Look, that's a fine answer. I just have run into a lot of sad sack musicians uh, in their uh, late thirties, early forties, who uh, uh, were maybe a little too married to doing things their own way. Uh, and, it kept them from getting things that they want. So, uh, yes, these are not my bands and yes, everybody's of course free to do whatever the fuck I they mean, want. Uh, but, but I just feel that in the same way that when somebody looks at, um, you know, in the same way that when somebody says I'm never having children and then people with children go, I don't know. I don't know. You might regret that statement. Uh, I think that there is some wisdom in, in yeah, I don't know. I think it's cool that you're doing uh, the the most punk thing that you can, but are you doing it? Are are you walking through the motions of punk, or are you? Is this a closely held belief that you're going to maintain for the rest of your life? Because I think there is a difference. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. There wasn't necessarily a question there, Mike, but <laughs> I was going to someone else jump in. <laughs> no, yeah. I wasn't necessarily a question Mike, there, Mike. Mike. I, I, I just wanted to hear uh, your perspective on, uh, is it possible that s- s- sometimes just as a 20 year old doesn't know uh, what they don't know, that it's also possible that a 27 year old uh, who is doing things the most punk way will look back and say, you know what? It was very cool to play the same basements for 25 years. I also I think, perhaps would have liked to have played the not basement. I think that um, uh, it's always interesting that you have like a weird hang up about people who want to play basement shows, but, um, <laughs> but um, just in general, all, like, it's yeah, Albany, spaces, yeah, yeah, it's Albany. Um, yeah. And that's fine. Um, but I, I think, I mean, my position is again, is, is always goes back to, you shouldn't do things because other people tell you that's the way you're supposed to do things. I think. And and so, and that goes both ways. I do think that there are people who sure who look at themselves and go, you know, I, um, we did all this stuff. We had this opportunity to sign to a major label. Um, and we didn't do it because it was the punk thing to do. And maybe we could have done these other things and had these other crazy adventures, right? I think there are some people who feel that way. I think that there's other people who absolutely feel the other way around. And I don't think either position is necessarily necessarily wrong. I feel that what I really feel, though, is that is that hardcore is special because it's controlled by the people who participate in it. And I think hardcore, what makes it something that has existed and continues to exist, exist is, is because of that. And again, like I feel that bands want to go do all the things like go do all the things, but like, it's okay to be like, we're moving away from this. And I think that's the big, I think that is a hang up that people have where they're like, I want to do a rock band. And fine, go do a rock band. That's what Fallout Boy did. Right. Those guys right. had multiple conversations, but leading up to Fallout Boy, I remember sitting in Chicago Diner with some of them and them talking about how they were going to do a pop band that's going to take off and it's going to be outside of hardcore. And I think that there's nothing wrong with like pursue that shit. Like do that thing. I, you know, I, I don't think, I think a lot of times this argument gets, gets boiled back to, and people keep going, trying to boil it back to, and it's not an argument, it's a discussion. Um, it, but like, it keeps getting boiled back to that weird, like super naive born against position and super like other side of that coin, sick of it all position. Right. I don't think either, I don't think either position is bad. I just think, that it what it boils down to for me is like don't get fucking screwed 
because you're being naive that these people are, are looking out for you. And, and also, but also like recognize that you come from a culture and you come from a thing and don't take it for, for, for granted and don't take advantage of it. Like don't I have, and so, and you said earlier about the thing about like a guy who is sick of the bullshit after running shows. Yeah. Like it's not a fucking step. This is the thing. This is, this is, you want to go do the other things, go do the other things, but don't make me feel as a promoter and someone, as someone who hasn't done a show in fucking forever. Um, like, but you know, don't take, don't take advantage of the thing just as like a means to an end. Like for me, like hardcore is, can be an end. And I think it should, it can be respected as such. And I think that, um, and I don't limit it to you should only play these venues and you should only play like this kind of stuff. I think that there's no reason to, to you know, Black Flag played the 3,000 people at the Olympic Auditorium. Golden Voice started so they could do stuff like that as well as, of course, launder money from drug sales. So, like, <laughs> you know, that's the kind of thing is I think it's totally fine to do all that kind of stuff. And to play huge venues, I think bands should play huge venues. These are, these are the. This is the music that I have listened to my entire life. This is the culture I have, I, I have been in, in, engulfed in my entire life. And I, there's a reason for that. I think that what's being produced sonically is, is is the greatest music that's ever been created. As dumb as that may sound, but like I think, and I think is everything that came out. I was listening to when I was a kid is, and the stuff that's coming out now is just as good. Oh, that's interesting. Like I think so. I don't think I don't think Youth of the Day is light years better than I don't know whatever demo came out last week. Like, <laughs> so. <laughs> um, so uh, the only thing I'm going to give you pushback on is uh, the, the the bands that if Fall Out Boy had to play hardcore shows, which I don't know if I'm not from the Chicago area. I have no idea. They did back then. Yeah. Okay. So here's the situation that a lot of bands find themselves in. Uh, hardcore band, hardcore band, hardcore band, uh, notable person in music, at least locally, uh, wants to do something else. Now they're rapping, but the only shows that they can get are hardcore shows because those are the people that they know. Now there is an instinct within hardcore to put hardcore dudes. And I mean that genderless, uh, under the umbrella of hardcore, everything they do is hardcore, right? Now, I'm pretty agnostic on that question. I've seen arguments in both directions, and I really just throw my hands up. I couldn't give a goddamn how somebody characterizes me. But I will say that there's a number of bands that are either playing rock music or uh, metal who end up, they just know hardcore people, and that is why they play hardcore shows. Sure. Um, it is is it wrong for that person to use hardcore as a stepping stone or oh, hold on, or the other, the other view of that same question, just play the only shows that they are being fucking offered. You know what I mean? <laughs> so yeah. is, is that wrong? I don't think it's wrong necessarily. I, mean, I think I can't, I can't predict what someone's motivations are. Right. Um, and I can't, uh, but again, it, for me, a lot of this comes down to like, there's a frustration of something 
that you put most of your life into and people just basically use it so they can walk away from it. Sure. It, and it's I think, quite annoying. And, I, yes. and it's, it's quite annoying, right? At best. And it's, it's like, and so I think that is the stuff. And a lot of the stuff, my feelings around this stuff is just like, it's, it's more, there's the precautionary side of it. And then there's also the kind of, it's the frustration side of it. Like, like, are you here to create something different for me? And that's just me. And I can only speak to myself is I'm involved with this stuff because I like this music. And I like the fact that it's a, it's a, it, it opens up doors for me to be creative and for me to do things and create something different. You want to play in a, you want to be in a band that sounds like Limp Biscuit or like, I don't know, um, some, just, you know, you want to sound like rain, like a salad trains. It sounds like some like hippie indie rock shit. Like <laughs> go ahead and do that right. stuff. Like, like I had to sit through so many goddamn still life sets and that stuff was horrible to me, but they were interested in perpetuating a culture. They were interested in perpetuating a thing for me. That's that makes them a hardcore band. If your end game is to be like opening for Metallica, well, I'm not that interested in helping you. Hmm. Okay, so what about the people, misguided or otherwise, who believe that those two things are not mutually exclusive? I mean, I'm not saying I'm right. No one's right. I'm just saying that's my no, opinion. No, I'm, I'm, uh, Mike. I'm just probing you because I, I, we, we talk to each other so much that yeah. it's just nice to have a different perspective. I, I'm, I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to put you no, forward no, no, no. It's saying, fine. saying you, you think you're, I right am right. God. Just, Listen to me. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> Listen, motherfuckers, this is how it is. No. Um, I think, I mean, I don't think it's necessarily mutually exclusive, exclusive to be like, yeah, I'm going to, you know, my goal in game is to play open for Metallica, but I also want to do, but I don't actually think that like, I don't think those two correlate. I don't think you well, can. Okay. I mean, but he, but before you say it, let me just give you an example. Uh, let's take Earth Crisis on face value. I don't know what your feelings are. doesn't matter. Face value uh, is a good band. Earth Crisis is a bad band. Continue. Okay. Well, now I know your feelings. So, so, so let's take face value uh, on, uh, or let's take uh, uh, Earth Crisis. Let's take face value, for example. <laughs> yeah. Let's, let's, take let's face, talk more let's about face value. Face, Should we separate the name from the boys? Did we kick them over? Ooh. What so, about that? Did, did you know? Um, you probably knew the cover art to the LP, the Face Value LP. I guess that's um, Human Furnace drew that. I yes. believe. How yes. cool! That's like one of the coolest that looking record covers. I love it. Um, Shout out to Conversion so, Records. So let's take them on face value that oh, they wow. wanted to. They wanted to spread their their message to as broad a, a group of human beings as possible. And let's make it. It doesn't got to be Earth Crisis. Just the the the, the hypothetical earth crisis the academic earth crisis a, a band that uh has values that we would register as being uh inspired by what we do here or part and parcel of what we do here depending on what it is and they want to play in front of the maximum amount of human beings so that they can uh impart the maximum amount of human beings with that idea so let's just say we're spreading the hardcore reality to the metallica fan uh are those ideas completely uh, uh, not in concert or, or can they, uh, can you square that circle? I think in a, there's, there is an idealized state where you can, you can, 
square that circle, so to speak. I, I think, but I think that, um, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I think that you, if you're pushing your ideals and all that kind of stuff into a situation that makes you comp- compromise your ideals to a point where they, it, it becomes a zero, then maybe it doesn't work. Yeah. So it's, I mean, that's really the, that's really the question, right? Is how much right. are you willing to, I mean, I don't, I, you know, that's the thing. It's like, you know, it's like, is, um, is earth crisis is carbon stamp from flying around the world and doing those kinds of shows and the carbon stamp carbon uh, that, that is produced doing the those shows, the, the, the carbon footprint rather, does that like, does that zero out the fact that they, uh, they only took them? I yeah. don't know. So I that's, that, that's, that's, that's it. beer, like venues that are, you know, is every uh, venue it, just, it, it, unless it's an impossible <laughs> burger, yeah. Like presents, Stop. and Listen, not even that. Some people Patrick's just that mad. Too. He wants to go to the Atlantic City Beer Fest. No, no, no. This, this, this yeah. I just don't want to get. I don't want to get too dorm room because there's always that guy that says like, uh, "Well, actually, the most vegan thing you could do is just kill one cow a year and just eat that because really, or kill yourself. The, the, the tilling of the <laughs> yeah. tilling, yeah, the tilling of the soil actually kills moles. And it's like, uh, yeah, yeah, all right, buddy, buddy, buddy. You, 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 you thought your way out of doing a good thing. Suck a dick. So my, well, my here's my question is, for you. Uh, go ahead. Yes, go on. No, I was going to say the earth crisis thing is interesting to me because the idea is, all right, I actually was talking about this not long ago. Do you guys remember and or maybe have heard 98, 99, I remember hearing about an earth crisis demo, which is essentially for major labels where it was like earth crisis pick a genre where it was like, Oh, and on this one, we rap a lot more. And on this one, it's a little pop punk. And on this yes. one, do you remember this? Yes. Okay. Patrick, so bad. Do, you, do you remember this? Uh, no, I do not. Although I, we got the rap version. I'm, I'm, well, I'm familiar yeah, We with definitely the got the rap version. So, yeah. oh, hold on. Stupid microphone. Uh, hold on. Do, 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 do. Oh, so to me, okay, here we go. Um, it makes me ask the question, well, earth crisis what is their what are what are they making their compromises towards they could if you told me those dudes were like you know we think veganism and our message is so important we can play butt rock rap metal to get veganism out to all those freaks out there and that's going to do what we that's our goal as opposed to we're a vegan straight edge hardcore metal band and we want to kind of be in this you know it, it's it makes me wonder what are the compromises they're willing to make to get their message out to flip that question on the head you know like as opposed to compromising the message what compromises are they making to perpetuate their message well sure except in that case uh i don't i don't think they're going to feels way about this those are syracuse hicks that like a lot of different types of music uh they i i don't think that they you know those are dudes who who bonafide fucking love hardcore music but i'm i i'm quite convinced they also really love fucking metal and and i i'm also uh wouldn't be surprised to learn uh that they uh own the paramore records uh it it, it it's at what is, i mean i don't want to make it about earth crisis because that that one to me feels too easy it feels like Yes, that's a band that has 
uh, if we're taking them on face value, uh, that that they have an intense commitment to this message and they're willing to do whatever they have to do to get that out there. So I don't think that's a good example. I, I shouldn't have brought it up. What I should have brought up is a, a band who says, we're bringing the hardcore reality to this hate breed stage. We're bringing this hardcore reality to 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 the uh, and do you I mean sick at all? Is that because you keep saying? Yeah, oh, I, I, I was, but 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 no no no. Let's make it about let's make it about knock loose for a second. Friends of this podcast, uh, a, a band that we like as people, and and we're just, we're saying nothing disparaging. The conversation is this: they're playing big rooms, they're playing massive festivals. Uh, in my opinion, having been on the ground in the places where kids resonate with that music and love that music. They have done as much for hardcore 2023. Now we can get into whether or not that's good, but they have done more for hardcore 2023 than virtually anybody. And they have directed a lot of kids who uh, might've been wearing, I don't know what the modern version of Slipknot is. They might've been wearing a ghost shirt or whatever the fuck uh, into small rooms. So, so my question is, forget about earth crisis, forget about bands with messages like that. The, the band that is, simply funneling kids into the thing that we love who may make the bands that we listen to in the future. What about that band? Mike, I give you, I give you the floor as God. Again? Why can't someone else answer these questions? <laughs> no, I, uh, we're here every week. We're stuck here fuck? every week. Okay. So, I mean, here's my thing. Here's my thing. There's always been, there's always been the, the funnel bands, right? Mm-hmm. I think what is, uh, Dead Kennedys were a funnel band for the longest time when I was a kid, right? Um, Sick of It All was a funnel band when I was uh, in college, um, et cetera, et cetera. It, conti- it continues on. There's always been those bands that, that bring the young kids in who were into like, you know, a- aggressive music. Um, I don't, again, I don't, I don't know anything about Knocked Loose. That's not really my world. I've seen them a couple of times. It's not my thing. Um and I don't think, but the thing is, is like, I mean, if you ask me, they play metal music, whatever. I don't care. Um, but if they're coming, you know, for me, like if they're coming from a context, like being big, playing big rooms, that's not the issue for me. Being a band that, you know, it, it's, I, I think for me, it's like, they should be playing. If, if, if a thousand people will come see you, you should figure out a way to do a thousand people. I think there's, there's, but I think the thing is, is I think there's ethical ways of doing that. And life is a series of compromises, but I think what the slippery slope is, is, is as you start to make all those compromises is that it's, it's like, a, at what point do you, do you just slide down the hill? Right. At what point do you give up the thing that makes this thing special? And that's the thing that, and that's the, for me, that's the crux of this conversation is like, what is the thing like, and I don't know the answer to that. And I think for everyone, those, that, that level and that's that slope of compromises you make is a, is a different, there's a different answer for that. Like, but I think that it is important um, that they're either old ass men like myself or young ass people like friends of mine who are willing to, to, to take the moment and go, Hey, wait, like maybe this isn't good. Maybe this isn't good for the thing, you know? Um, and so like, if you ask me personally, like, you know, like I, I don't want, 
bands that view this as a step so they can go open for Metallica and, and all that kind of shit. Um, but, but, you know, is it possible for a band who goes on tour and opens for Metallica, but also gives a shit and wants to help perpetuate and funnel the money back into the culture? Sure. Green Day does that. You know, Green Day bought Gilman's PA. Green Day bought the PA in the back room of, of one, two, three, four of our records in Oakland. Mm-hmm. You know, they are involved in, in that scene and community. There are things that band does that people don't know about that they give back to that to that scene. And it, because but at the same time, Green Day totally wrecked that scene. You know yeah, what I mean? I- if, if I mean Green Day, obviously, I'm sure this isn't the case now. They're they're older gentlemen, but the, if you watch interviews with them, they had such a fucking chip on their shoulder about kind of being uh, ejected from that scene in whatever capacity. Yeah. Uh, the the uh, I, I found I found that whole thread so interesting because to be so successful and to still really want the approval uh, of of the people who really ultimately are never going to approve of you. I, I it kind of weirdly broke well, my your, heart. <laughs> but they're your friends, right? That's the thing. Yeah. Is it? But I think that, 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 but there's, I, I am, I am convinced that that is a thing that could, I think, I think in a lot of ways, people have learned those lessons, right? It's the same thing happened to Nirvana, but Nirvana was like, fuck off. We're just going to go be a rock band. Right. Um, but they but never. Having a Jell be offer. Having the Jell be offer. You know, so, um, but if you've ever been stuck in an elevator of jello, you might want to be, you might want to be. <laughs> you'd want to break his leg too. Or you got I mean, I'm just saying, I'm saying that the thought has passed people's minds before why they're stuck in the elevator with them, but, <laughs> but not going to name any names. Um, but no, I, I think that that's the thing though, is like, um, there's always idiots. There's always dumb kids who take this thing and they're not considerate about it. And I think, I think, I think it's, it's easy to paint the kind of concerns and thoughts around this stuff with a broad brushstroke of being like, that's like kid shit. It's like, it's naive kid shit. It's like, it, it doesn't matter. Go get your fucking, your, your bucket of money. But I think that, um, I think it's important, I, for, you know, to me. And I think it's important to kind of, um, I don't think it's dated to, to give a shit about it um, and, and to kind of figure out a way because that's that this, this music, this culture, this, whatever, you know, I, it, it was that thing of, it was created by kids for kids. It was created by punks for punks, you know? Um, and, and when it starts to slip away from that, and it becomes a thing if you just come to town and you play the you play the rock venue and you go back to the hotel and you don't have any interaction because you're on a package tour with like five bands and it's like it's like what does this have to do with anything anymore? You know, hmm. that's just my thoughts. I think. Please well, disagree it, with me. No, <laughs> so. no. I mean, but Mike, forgive me. Here, here's the problem. I think that you're saying something that is unassailable. Uh, but it doesn't account for the realities on the ground. Right. <laughs> like, I think that that's a great guidepost. Uh, it, it's, <clears throat> it's just doesn't account for the trade-offs that, that uh, anybody moving forward in a thing might, uh, might encounter. Right. Uh, 
it, it's uh, like, you know, as we've said, room size and then eventually label size. Should you not want to do your own label? Should you not want to take a, and this is the biggest thing for me. Uh, this isn't like a flex. I don't give a fuck. I'm not good at any of them, but I do like 20 things. The idea that I should also uh, like become good at, at, uh, at running my own business. Well, I think that's a great ideal. I think is also like sort of confused about what people actually want out of music. I never got into music punk or otherwise to, to be a, a, a boy boss. You know what yeah. I mean? Like it, it, it was, it was not my goal. I'm just and trying to express myself. To, 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 Boy to be boss. honest, <laughs> to be honest. Uh, no, and I, I mean, I think that's where things like, I think that's where things like managers come into play. I think where things like booking agents come into play. I think that um, all that kind of stuff, or record labels, people who are good at doing record labels. Um, yeah. You know, I think that there there is a there is a place for all of that kind of stuff. And I think that mm -hmm. I think all that stuff can be done in a manner that doesn't mirror like traditional like rock rock culture. And that's and that's the thing is I and that's 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 the thing for me. No, I mean I, I wanna go sorry. No, because you can go from here. When I worked at Revelation, there was someone I worked with who was like, you know, you could probably go work at a bigger label because you're, you're, you know, you're, you, and I was like, what are you talking about? Like I do this cause this is revelation records and it's hardcore still. Like it's still something I recognize. I, I like putting out records. I have no aspirations for in music beyond hardcore. I have no aspirations to do anything like this. I don't, I don't even know what that looks like or what it would be like to do that or want for that, you know? And, um, and that's kind of, <clears throat> I think that idea is the same kind of message from before. Like hardcore is enough. It is, it is itself a thing and it doesn't have to be anything more than what it is. And that doesn't mean it's locked in time or locked in place or that what it was 10 years ago or five years ago or 35 years ago is what it is now. That, that, that's one of the better parts about it to me, but it doesn't have to also be something that it's not and i think that's something i i hold on to it's continuing i'm like uh, doing records with going to a band and i can't say how many times this happened going yo i i love what you're doing i liked your demo let me put out your seven inch i barely know them if know them at all and it's like oh really cool yeah sounds good we didn't have a conversation about splits we didn't it was like oh yeah i'll put out this many and i'll give you this many and that's cool, right? And you just figure it out from there. And you just try to be reasonable and fair humans to each other. And that's ethos from hardcore. And I don't, I can't say that about somewhere else because I've not been somewhere else other than to know it's not that. So what have we come to, gentlemen? Has the tribe, has the tribunal, uh, has the quorum uh, come to a conclusion? Who do we kick out of hardcore this week? I say, do what you will with your particular, your own individual band, but you don't make any calls for the rest of us. You don't speak for all of us. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think I that's, mean, that's what Michael was saying earlier. I mean, that's, that, that's, that's basically my, my like, my, it's my not vibe. yours to sell. Your band is yours to sell, but hardcore or punk 
in in its essence is not yours to sell. Yeah. I, you, I, let me, I, I'm going to say something. Wait, uh, do what you like, but uh, don't you do it to me? Right. Uh, Tom. Slap's not taught. What about, what about the idea that there's some bands who are, okay, Terror. Terror has played in front of a lot of non-hardcore audiences. Yes. Terror, terror is uh, undeniably a hardcore band. And Terror, well, Terror songs are about a lot of things. It's undeniable that terror is. I don't know how to put this. I would say that they would be comfortable with me saying that that part of the thing is is bringing a hardcore atmosphere to places that are not hardcore. Sure. So, does terror have a right to sell hardcore? Undeniably, a hardcore band. But they're not right? selling hardcore. They're selling their band ultimately. I, well, this is like remember when everyone was up in arms about the 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 maggot stomp shirt like a week ago for that like. 24 hours when everyone was mad. The Harambe moment. I don't remember yes. what the madness was, but yes. But but there was the whole thing. It was like, yo, you can sell your own shit to whoever. But yeah. like, you can't, don't sell it. It's okay not to drink or it's whatever the fuck the shirts. Remember, it was like the making fun of straight edge or whatever. Oh, like, right. That's not yours to fucking, to, to co-op and sell. That was like our point. Like you can do whatever the fuck you want. If Drug Church wants to put out a, you know, fucking, you know, whatever. Make a fucking Playboy fucking video. Whatever. Who would give the shit? Like whatever. But don't act as if like you're like the representative of punk and hardcore and like, you know, some of it has to remain ours. Yeah. But what's, but listen, it's, this is the ax handle conversation. You change the ax handle, you change the ax blade. Is it the same ax? Just because the things have changed over the course of the years, you, you that's still the ax to you, but it, it's a different thing. Uh, when you say, uh, when you ours. say my axe, when it's my axe and I change the axe blade and then five years later I change the handle, it's oh, still my axe. Right. But but here's the problem is when you say it's, it's ours. It's the state of being. You're, you're, what's yes, what's I get it. it? What's it? You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it's uh, like. Fold, fold out the futon. It's turned full dorm room here. So. And, and yeah, we're getting full dorm room. And uh, my question, I opened this one up to Mike because uh, it sounds like you have a, uh, like you can appreciate obviously a lot of different types of hardcore, but you, but you, your, your preference is, is uh, uh, things of a certain, uh, well, how would you say uh, a sound of a certain vintage? Is that fair? Vintage? Yeah. Like, do, I, would you say. I like, I like abrasive music. Okay. And I don't and, like, do, I, I don't like metal. Sure. So, so, but are you interested in, um, like how many innovations has there been in that particular field? I mean, it, it's hardcore, man. Right. <laughs> like, <laughs> so, so, is, but that's my question, right? Is, uh, it, like sonically, like you're, you're basically, you're being like, it's like, I like things that are, fa- if I'm, if you ask me what a heart, what loud, I fast said, rules for Mike. Yeah, basically. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, like you play now, an indie rock band to me. Okay. That's interesting. I, the woman at the dog park told me it sounds like good Charlotte. So, Which one, so drug church or, or self-defense family. Both. Uh, yeah, that's true. Oh, interesting. Um, so, so, uh, I don't, I wouldn't fight you on that distinction. That's fine. Yeah, I mean, but, but it sounds like seaweed. Would, that was an indie rock band to me. I mean, it sounds very much like seaweed. Yeah. <laughs> so, 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 uh, it is uh don't uh, mike don't reveal uh you know <laughs> don't make the kids go listen to seaweed don't come in the weak, kitchen and bring the recipes out so uh 
but here's my point, right? Is if do Mike, in your view, this is the question, not the point. Do you believe that there is a cosplay or at least uh retrogressive uh or retrospect retrospective, I suppose, looking backwards, uh uh thing inherent in the type of hardcore that you like slash no. slash hardcore broadly? Uh, broadly, I mean there's always retrospective to it, right? Like, I mean, again, like all joking aside, but like, I'll just say it, like some person might look at your bands and be like, oh, this isn't, this is, this is like innovative. It's different. It's new. But to me, I'm like, oh, it sounds like seaweed. Right. Yeah, like, uh, listen, I, I would not suggest it's innovative or new, but, but, uh, but, but some people would, I mean, that's sure. the thing because they haven't heard the thing before. Yeah. Okay. I that's think, fair. And I think that's the thing is like, um, you know, in my zine, for example, I write record reviews and I do way too many. And, um, it's just one person and it's, but a lot of times I will reference things that are old, but like, if I reference something as sounding like heresy or Oloseco or whatever, people don't know what that sounds like because they're reading it and they're like 20 years old, 22 years old, 25 years old. Right. These records came out before, like when their mom was born. Um, um, I maybe dated their mom. I don't know, but like, but like, that's the thing is I think, I don't think anything is new under the sun. Really. I think there's, everything is derivative to some extent. I think I view music as a continuum. Really? I think that it, and it's, everything's just built upon everything that came before it. Like, I think, you know, I've, you know, but you, but you I, pulled the break. You pulled the brakes at a certain era, uh, uh, and I know I that's like, not literal. I, I know that's, that's not, not literal. That's I'm not one hundred percent. But like, no, I mean, I like, there's it. a there's a thing I like about certain things. I like a song. I like a I like a well crafted song. Sure. I mean, that's I, I the mean, thing. Listen, like, but like, if I does say this to an extent, I'm I, I'm just yeah. asking for like uh, I'm just trying to drill down on what we're talking about when we talk about uh, this thing of ours. Right. Like when yeah. we talk about this thing of ours, what do we mean? Because sonically we're coming from, from completely different places. Ideologically. But I don't, I don't, but I don't care about the sonics. But, but okay. So let's put that aside now, ideologically, right. Uh, how, uh, how much overlap is there before there's, there's underlap before there's no such thing before, before the, the, the circles uh, pull apart. Right. Um, and I don't even understand what that means. My question is the Venn diagram like, separates. Yeah. 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 Okay. My question is that for the person who uh does not like the direction hardcore is going in in terms of uh you know maybe corporate affiliations or 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 whatever. Um it my question would be what exceptions are you making and how much is how much is tethered to uh kind of what we perceive as shared values right like so um some so, uh when do you give a band the send-off that they are no longer a hardcore band and mike i'm i, I register that i'm doing something unfair to you i'm putting you in a position where you have to do the god thing i i, I it's just no it's fine i'm comfortable being god um okay. i mean <laughs> very good um you know I, I did run mrr i mean i'm happy to do that but um <laughs> So no, uh, I mean it's it's actually funny because uh, it, sonically it doesn't it doesn't it doesn't um, matter to me uh, necessarily. My my whole thing has always been about like 
um, you know, hardcore and punk and whatever else you want to call it. To me, it's, it's, it's it, it, like when you make that distinction, it's like, it's kind of like, it's like, you know, I don't know, as vague as that sounds, like you kind of know when someone has been like, okay, we're moving on to the next thing, even if they don't know it yet. And, you know, like, you know, people, it, it, I don't think you can make that determination. I think, but there becomes a point where I'm not interested in it anymore with what you're doing. Right. For me. <laughs> it, it, and it doesn't matter about the, what the music sounds like. It, it becomes, you know, there comes a point where I'm just, it's just not interesting to me anymore because you've taken the easy path. See, that's in, that's an interesting to me. I've taken exception to nothing that you've said up to this point. It's just good conversation. But it, I, I, I got to put my foot down on the easy path. Or the easier path. But I, I'm putting my foot down on that. And here's okay. why. It is exceptionally easy to play a basement your whole life. It is the easiest thing a human being could do. I don't I think can, you should do that. Uh, no, I, uh, but... What I'm saying is, like, don't put words I, in my mouth. I, I mean, I'm being, I'm being, I'm being extreme for. The, I'm, be, I'm being hyperbolic. I know that you don't want everybody in a basement. I, I understand that. What I'm saying is, it, it is, it is very, very easy to be a hardcore band that runs the course of the time that you that these bands survive, and then you retire into your quote unquote adult life, and you put music aside, and I, and the only person that thinks about you is Patrick Hinlan going through your discogs, wondering why you never made another record. It is exceptionally easy to do that. It is a much more difficult thing to uh, manager or not label or not Metallica opener or not. It is a much more difficult thing to uh, put yourself uh, uh, on the pardon the drama here on the crucible <laughs> of, of a very, very, <laughs> very, uh, 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 how would we say it? Um, unstable, uh, uh, career path. If we want to talk about music mm -hmm. as a career, uh, it, it is much more difficult. And I say this as a person who is very happy, just putting out records for very few listeners and who is also pleasantly surprised by playing in front of more people. But in terms of of what is easier. Now you can say it's not as interesting and I'm comfortable with that statement. And you can also say it's lame, comfortable with that statement too. But when you say the easy way out, the easiest thing I've ever done, I won't use the name. There was a band who wanted me to put out their record. Uh, talk to them about it. Then they broke up. I didn't put out the record, but then they broke up shortly thereafter. And this could be a dozen bands. So it's whatever, but, it, it, and they broke up shortly thereafter and none of them picked up a guitar since it was a summer vacation fucking band in every regard. That is very hardcore. And it is also the easiest fucking thing on the planet to do. So, 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 so I, 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 when I say, when, yeah, no, I get what well, you're saying. Um, when I say easy, I mean, here's the path that's been laid out of how you're supposed to do things. Mm. I'm not talking about like the context you're talking about. It's yeah, certainly it is easy to just do a band, put out a record and drop out and never play in music, music again, play music again, play in front of people again, but never do a thing again. Right. Um, 
I think that, but there is a, there is a common path that has been laid out where you do these things in a hope. And I'm not saying it's going to be successful of you get to this level, that level, you check these boxes, you, you open for these shows, you, for this band, you get on this package tour, you get this, that, and the other thing, this is the path, right? That's been kind of been divvied out. And I think, and it goes back to what we were talking about earlier about like, you used to go play rock clubs. You, you don't do anything where you're trying to create anything different. You don't put out your own records or you're and by you. I mean, yeah, the large scale, you, you know, you, yeah, the Royal you. Yes. Um, the Burger King does not put out your records, right? Um, (laughs) you rule. Yeah. That's the best Royal you I could come up with. Um, but I mean, that's, that's what I mean by easy. I'm not, I'm, I'm not saying that is being in a band is a pain in the ass and it's hard. And having being in a band and navigating that in um, any kind of concept is not easy. When I say that, I mean that's the context I'm talking about, right? Right. Um, I think the, the, the prescribed thing. The prescribed thing. That's when I say easy. That's yeah. what I mean. It's the prescribed thing. I think though. I, I do think that there is an overfocus on, um, you know. To me, hardcore is not just that, though. Hardcore is 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 just as much the bands as it is the fanzines, as it is the promoters, as it is the people at the show, like all of that kind of stuff. And I think that's to me is this discussion. I think some of this and kind of like thinking about this as we talk through it is like when you start to remove those other elements from hardcore. It, it just becomes another genre. And that's then I think that's kind of a lot of what my concerns are, my pushback on things is, my, you know, whatever you want to call it, is that I don't think it's another genre of music. And if you want it to be another, you just want to play genre music, that's fine. Go do that thing. But I think you can, and I think people, you know, you were talking earlier about it, it's all you know is this thing, right? All you know is doing hardcore, but you want to do other things. I want to do a dub reggae band. No, I don't. But um, you definitely should. So <laughs> um, people would be surprised how much dub I sit around listening to. But um, but twenty twenty four just got real interesting in the Thorn household. <laughs> yes, yes, it did. So, um, but no, it's. I mean, that's the thing. Is it's like I understand that you don't know how to do it in another context. Right. Like you hardcore is a thing you, you know how to do. Suddenly you're in your forties and you want to do a dub band. Please don't do that. But um but you know, it, it's that's why I don't think the sonic things matter to me. I can think your band sucks, but it, it's 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 part of that for me it all comes back to this perpetuation of culture. It all comes back to, you know, like are you just using this thing for to get to this other level to do this other thing to remove to eventually remove yourself from this other thing or are you actively involved like i don't like terror like but there's no one on earth that won't tell me that they're not committed to doing this as a, that's their thing right like um you know that's like musically i don't like them but they're part of the same thing that i'm a part of Uh, I mean, that's, that's kind of my long winded version of an answer that I don't know. I've actually yeah. answered anything, but 
Um, but yeah. No, I, and listen, I, uh, for our listeners at home, I hope everybody understands. Uh, we had Mike on today because he has a different perspective. Uh, not because Mike thinks that he, that you need to share Mike's perspective. <laughs> You know, like that, that oh, you should clear. absolutely share my perspective. Oh, but, very, um, okay, very good. Share his perspective. Let's see how we're making sure. No, I mean, that's the, the whole gist is, is talking things through and talking yeah. about things. Because uh, what really resonated with me is this idea of, I don't know. I, I, I think there's there's not, this isn't a two-sided like like the word debate is wrong because it's not this or this, you know. It's not. It's not. No, I'm sick of it all. It's not binary. You're on. Man, in that room, they're <laughs> you looking got at you. Football jackets, and you want to fight? They see you walk in that. They see you walk in that room. They're sending you to the other side of the table, buddy. <laughs> um, yeah. But that's. Uh, but the idea is, you don't have to share the view of anyone on this line, or otherwise, you could be like, you know what? I think that every band should be strictly basement uh strictly this and and fuck off to anyone who plays a little club or you could be like nah bro i i want my hardcore band to open for metallica difference of opinions that's what it's all about uh mike where I, can I, people find you on the line uh well uh razorblades and aspirin.com is my website um you can also follow me on the instagram at razorblades and aspirin and um i started a Substack if you want to read my weekly opinions um, so that's razor blaze and aspirin substack.com. So. Patrick, go ahead. Uh, nothing. That's good. SEO. Uh, everything with the same, <laughs> everything with the same that's name. Solid. That's solid. Uh, like that's solid. Uh, Mike, thank Thank you very much for joining us today, man. No, thank uh, you for having uh, me. Uh, and, uh, I don't mean this as a knock against Mike. I'm just putting this out to our listeners. Uh, if you are younger than us, but hold Mike's, uh, general opinion. We'd also like to hear from you because, uh, 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 Mike, correct me if you, if if I'm misspeaking here. It's it is easy to generationalize this stuff and and, and uh, perhaps incorrectly, yeah. right? Like you, I, I think we're all sitting around with this understanding that oh, maybe some of these views come from the fact that we've been around a minute, but yeah, maybe not. You know what I mean? Maybe not at all. And and maybe there's uh maybe there's a thread of young people that really feel as you do or more intensely on the subject, and we're just not hearing from them as much. So we'd love to hear from you. Uh, this was a very good conversation. Uh, it was good to hear from you, Mike. And and uh, thank you. Wait, one last one, Mike. Before we go, one band that everybody in the sound of our voices should be listening to: the new Cross demo. Oh, interesting. All right. It sounds like um, it's just like thousand mile an hour blazing hardcore. I think oh, yeah. from New York. Oh yeah, I saw that actually. Yeah, guys will see that and say hell yeah. Good night. <laughs>